Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? How much, man? How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Uh, pretty happy this Monday evening. We're, we're almost prepared tonight. We had a real guest joining us tonight. We're going to be talking Arkansas State Red Wolves tonight uh, in our preview of the Sun Belt. Um, we had spring football over the weekend, Rob. Um, we did indeed. Yeah. yeah. We, we, lacrosse is coming, really looking promising for the postseason. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think pretty good for a Monday in late April. I wish the, uh, the allergies are rough right now oh, for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Washed and my it, truck last night, and this morning it was already like a mess. Yeah. Just a late rhyme. Yeah. It adds to that extra, like, do I have COVID or not discussion every time you sneeze or get well, So I got sick last week and we talked about it. And, and then, like, I just couldn't tell. Like, I was feeling pretty much better by Saturday, like by this weekend. Yeah. But even today, I'm still like, eh, eh. <laughs> you know, just can't, can't get like, yeah. Anyways. Um, well, once that dies down, you'll want to get out on the uh, out fishing with our friends from Mossy Creek. So, you know, it's time to think about that. This was, it was a beautiful weekend, so I'm sure they had a good time. Uh, and it's certainly just coming into, you know, full, wonderful days on the water. I got sunburned on Saturday because I wasn't expecting, like I was not prepared for like a full warm day. I, uh, I was kind of prepared yesterday. We had a doubleheader baseball for uh, James and I had to go back to the car. I didn't realize how long, doubleheaders are for 12 year old baseball and it's it's a full day but yeah that sun was brutal it was nice but it was really strong and i have yet to go to a youth baseball field anywhere ever that has shade nope you're just on these metal bleachers just just baking under the sun they might as well put a giant magnifying glass over these fields yes. there's never trees no. shade nothing the players occasionally will have a good dugout like yeah. our home field in alexandria has really nice covered dugouts most of those are just and other places are just chain link with nothing. Like mm -hmm. the entire thing is just set up for like sunburn, the sunburn industry, big sunburn, I think um, builds youth baseball fields all across America. Yes. Um, well, I, and that's, I guess we'll just start with lacrosse because uh, I, I actually attended the Northwestern at Maryland women's lacrosse game on Saturday is how mm -hmm. this all happened. And um, turned out to be the de facto big 10 regular season championship. Not that anyone cares. Um, Maryland won. I, we were there supporting a family friend who plays for Northwestern, uh, both top 10 teams. Uh, I, one thing I could say, Maryland looked really good and I can't believe that JMU beat them as handily as they did. And that win from JMU is like, I was like, wow, that is a big win. And they're a legit contender if they beat yeah. this Maryland team that I watched on Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, but the same thing, college park, uh, turf, you know, AstroTurf field hockey lacrosse complex oh. does not have any uh, any sun, and it was packed. I, actually, I was very pleased. I, I hope we can get there with JMU lacrosse in the AAC next year. Um, I was blown away by it. Like, I, I mean, the stadium probably only holds like twenty five hundred people, but it was full. Right? I mean, but it just shows like you, if you create the right size venue yes. with good lines, you can make lots of these sports, which are I mean, they're not going to be to the level of of football right. or, you know, men's and women's college basketball, but they can draw a good crowd and it's a really good product. It's fun to go see that. It's fun to some of these you know, softball venues and yes. baseball venues when appropriately sized, you just don't want to overdo it and have a cavernous old school MLS playing in 
you know, major yes. pro football stadiums. No. If you do it right, it's great. You know? Yeah, there were Maryland fans actually arguing about because their men's team plays at Bird. Yeah. Which, you know, is a big deal, but the men's team doesn't, you know, they don't fill like half of the lower bowl. I've right? been to I mean, the national championship at Bird. Right. And that's a different different. It's still not it still would be better at an right. Audi field. Right. Where this like that. that's what I meant. This little over on the women's field is like full and people are like three or four deep like a high school game on the standing room part you know like yeah yeah and if you're on the field everywhere you look you see fans versus you put 15 20 000 in the carrier dome mm-hmm. it's not the same as putting fifteen thousand in a fourteen thousand seat venue you know yes. packed to the rafter so maybe that betrays our feelings about uh expanding bridgeforth until it's time <laughs> so anyways um, it did make me excited our lacrosse team the dukes su- survived a real challenge from Delaware on Saturday on senior day. Uh, I don't know, you know, what to, you know, they're the ones with the target on their back. So I have to assume these other teams that are decent are really getting up for them. Um, But that was a big win uh, for the Dukes. It puts them, you know, they have one game left. They play at Drexel this weekend. Drexel is not a pushover. Like this is probably as tough a game as JMU will face. Um, you know, could face, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Towson and, and Delaware were both right up there, but you know, Jamie needs, I think they need to win to feel super comfortable, but they're in really good shape for an at-large bid. I think uh, at this point, a- after the win against Delaware this weekend, um, there's not a lot of teams in the country are going to have back-to-back wins over UVA and Maryland who are both top 15. And in yeah. Maryland's case, going to be in the top five. Here. On the road too. Yeah. On the road. Um and a lot of the teams, you know, some of Jamie's losses, Penn State, Rutgers, um, Rutgers in particular is another one of those tough, like top Big Ten teams um, who's in the, also a top 20 team. I mean, very little, the early loss to Virginia Tech is the one that I think probably Coach Shelley is annoyed by. But oh, like, okay. yeah, the other ones, like the rest of the way, I think, um, you know, understandable. Lacrosse always weird because there are teams like, I think UVA is like nine and eight. And they're still ranked like 14th or something like, cause it all depends on who you play sort of. Um, but that's really exciting. And, and for me, the getting a chance to watch in person, uh, you know, two of the real favorite, I mean, heavy favorites, I think North Carolina is the heavy, heavy favorite, but Maryland and Northwestern are, you know, going to be seated top, top teams. And to think like this JMU team is going to have their chance again in a way that we've seen them in the past. And, uh, you know, we'll see where they get sent, how it all works out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the early loss to North Carolina, there's no shame in that. Everyone else has lost to them handily. Yeah. So, I, you know, they're fine. Um, but really exciting. And I really am I'm really hoping that they – I mean, just I want them to get in, and then I'd love them to win a game or two. Everything else would be gravy. But it sure would be fun to sort of stick it to the CAA a little bit. <laughs> Oh yeah, and and I thought it was really cool to see them respond in a tight game on Saturday. They've been blowing people out, and I have loved that. Mm-hmm. Just the pure like murder revenge spite tour. Um, but it's really cool to see them. You know, what I think Delaware took an early lead. They came back. It was kind of neck and neck. It wasn't one of these. Wasn't a massive comeback they had to go through. But the game was not ever really out of reach. Um, and if you follow across, you know, like even a two or three goal lead can disappear pretty quickly. Oh, because it's, it's all it's draw, a, draw control. Yeah. I mean, you once you, you essentially get a, like once you score, you have 50, you know, well, not a 50, 50. I mean, if you have a good person at the draws, 
you get the ball right back and can yeah. go score again immediately. <laughs> like, yeah. Fast game. So yeah. um, it was just nice that they didn't wilt under pressure. No. They just kind of hung in there and eventually they won out as the better team. Yeah. And uh, it really, so one more, one last, one last flow event this Saturday, and then we'll be on to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Rob, also the spring game on Saturday, I think you wrote to me in text earlier. I'll let you, uh, we don't have a lot of comments. I will say just like from a, I was pleased for, with what I heard and saw from our friends that were there, from the highlights that we saw, um, probably the best spring game turnout we ever had. I think about 2,500. Yeah, just really adding to the, like, what we're hearing anecdotally um, and sort of the rumor mill inside JMU is that there's a lot of excitement for the FBS football and this program. And this sort of was a confirmation of that. Uh, Granted, it was a beautiful day, and there have been other spring games where it is nothing like that. Um, But this was a big deal. A lot of recruits. I don't know the rules on these things, but like a lot of, uh, you know, potential player, future players for JMU in the stands. Right. Um, I I don't know. So good day all around. I I don't know. As you said, I think you said, Rob, the most important thing is like playing the spring game and don't get hurt. And (laughs) this one in particular, there were a ton of people out. So really hard to know what to make of it. Uh, You know, I think most teams do this, but, they had the red jerseys on the quarterbacks, so they were not getting hit. Like, you know, it's hard to say what – I mean, the one where they said Atkins got a safety, I'm like, well, he didn't really get a safety. They just blow the whistle yeah. And the, when the guy's near you. And, like, they're probably not calling whatever nonsense play that was from the four in a real game. So, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, the good news was Centeo looked pretty good. I, You know, uh, Atkins had has had his moments. Uh, so the good news was Signetti seemed pleased with yes. spring ball. You know, it's just spring football games are, are games heavily in quotation marks. Um, mm-hmm. They're the wrap party for spring practice. It's kind of a celebration for the players to get out there and a little bit of a reward. They get out there in the stadium, they get to compete. They do something other than drills. It's fun for us as fans. Uh, it's hard to take too much out of this. I mean, if somebody comes in here and wows everybody and goes crazy. Yeah, sure. But let's be honest, it's just, it's, it's a final show after yeah. practice. It's not that big of a deal. Um, no. You really only need to be concerned if you lose people due to injury or if a team just looks like they have no idea what they're doing or the coach is losing it. Signetti yeah. doesn't pull a lot of punches. He put it pretty straight. I don't know if you saw the interview or mm-hmm. listened to the interview that he gave today. He's like, you know, we had a lot of guys on the sideline who had surgery after the long season of the playoff run. They didn't compete, but – you got to look at that as a positive, both as a fan and as a coach. Like he is, that gives younger guys a chance to get a lot of reps, mm-hmm. help get some depth going. Because those guys that are second teamers are not going to get a lot of run in the fall. Nope. So this will be an advantage for that. But it's all just kind of not window dressing. It's a little bit of of a leg up for the fall. Yeah, you get the juices going, you get people excited. Nothing's. I don't no. think the quarterback position is settled. I think that battle will very much go deep into August. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, no, it's fun. It, I, yeah. I like it. I, I'm not going to knock it. I don't mean to poo-poo it. I think it's no, cool. It's I think it's awesome that some people showed up and made a day of it. You kind of celebrate the program, where it is, where it's going. Mm-hmm. But anybody who tries to tell you that they can break down the all 22 from this or whatever it even is, I don't know if it's, if it's 22 yeah, yeah, players, yeah. and 
make like massive inferences or tell you definitively what's going to happen in the fall. They're either geniuses to levels that nobody in the game of college football has figured out or they're lying. And let's be honest, they're lying. It's fun. Yeah. We saw some players, guys got reps. They ran around. Nobody got hurt. Let's go. Let's go. Get ready yeah. for the, for August and hopefully they'll have a really good summer conditioning and come out with a lot of momentum and we'll do big things in the Sun Belt. But that's about all you can take from Yeah, me. I think that's about it. I, I was pleased that Signetti seems pleased with his offensive line options. Yes. Um, not all of them were available on Saturday, but he that's a positive uh, for a team with a stable of running backs. And whoever's playing quarterback is going to need the help. Um, and the only, I don't know, Cam Wise missed a like 32 yard field goal, but then made a 46 yarder. So yeah. like, I don't know, whatever I will, uh, you know, the thing that love- made me happy is Signetti said he felt that Saturday was another example of showing that the guys are just competing. Yes. Like, and that's what you want. If, mm-hmm. if your coach is happy that he feels guys are competing and really pushing each other, that to me is indicative of, okay, spring went pretty well. Nobody's, and, and nobody's slacking off. In a season where there's not going to be, you know, postseason on the line. That's what you want is a bunch of kids who are what you know, sort of excited to compete come mm-hmm. the fall when they get their eleven chances to do so. Yeah. So you know that's the most important thing. So I, I don't have anything else on the substantive side. We will. Uh, I don't know. Rob, Rob, at some point we'll talk next week. Um, but I'll catch up with you here in a few minutes. Yeah. All right. And welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. Uh, we are really fortunate to be joined by a guest tonight. We told you all we are going to talk Arkansas State Red Wolves tonight on our Get to Know the Sun Belt series. And this person came to us highly recommended for those of you that listened to the Louisiana Monroe episode. Um, we were looking for Arkansas State help, and they said, you have to talk to Kara Ritchie. Follow her on Twitter. Twitter. She's great. She knows everything about Arkansas State. So um, we're glad to be joined by Kara. Welcome, Kara. <laughs> well, I appreciate the the kind introduction and um, and the great feedback from Dusty. I will try not to blow it or, you know, <laughs> anything like that. Uh, I think we can power through a podcast and hopefully I can give you guys some good info. Good. Well, and first and foremost, so you're kind of like professional at this. Um, where can people find your stuff and what's your like current, I don't know, I guess current relationship with. ASU sports, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I, uh, man, professional is a stretch because yeah. when I got into radio, I, I had no idea what I was doing, but uh, somehow I managed, I guess I went through like the whole fake it till you make it strategy because now I've been um, employed in, in radio for almost a decade. I'm actually at my second different station. Um, I, I host my own show, which is called the Workday Red Zone. It's on from noon to two, uh, Monday through Friday. That's central time. So one to three for you guys. And it's on the Ticket Radio Network, which is um, several different frequencies in Northeast Arkansas, but also online uh, streaming at 953theticket.com. Um, as far as the partnership with A-State, uh, our station is an actual partner of Arkansas State Athletics. So we uh, air the, the baseball games and women's basketball, and we're also a part of the EAB Sports Network. So that's the football flagship and men's basketball. And so um, during the week, you know, I cover Arkansas State Athletics. We talk about it heavily. And then uh, also on uh, game days for Arkansas State football, I host a show called Wolf House, which is the caller feedback show. So, so <laughs> no. and there's been a couple of times when it is sucked. So it's always uh, just kind of depends on how the team is playing and how everything is going. Um, as far as my own personal, you know, relationship with A State, I'm I'm from Jonesboro. Uh, my parents graduated from Arkansas State. My dad 
uh, was an instructor of nursing for a couple of different uh-huh. stints at Arkansas State. I went to Arkansas State. I've grown up going to the games, supporting the team, uh, did it when they were the Indians, doing it now when they're the Red Wolves. So I'm uh, I lucked out and I get paid now to talk about a team that I've, I've followed my whole life. So it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, can we just talk about like, what is your thought? And maybe if you could summarize the general feeling of the ASU folks about the Sunbelt editions, not necessarily JMU in specific, uh, specifically, but just all, all the editions come to the conference. How are you viewing that? And what's your sense of what the fan base is thinking? I think there's a general sense of excitement. And one of the reasons for that is because, you know, you flash back to the last round of realignment, which was 2012-ish, 2013. And there was kind of some fear about maybe who Arkansas State was was left at a conference with because not that there wasn't you know a, a great partnership with Little Rock and and UL and ooh, almost called them ULL don't do that by the way uh, with them and and some of those other teams but then there were also these unknowns coming in uh, App State okay they were great at FCS what are they going to bring Georgia Southern Georgia State great their football program's like two weeks old so there was this fear that that you know you kind of got left when these teams that you had been in a conference with for a while went and, and jumped ship and went to CUSA. So it was kind of nerve wracking for a little bit. And then lo and behold, turns out the conference leadership did a great job at that last round of realignment. And so now you feel like you look around at this conference and you feel like, you know, the, the conference is in great shape and you're bringing in these other programs that have had success or they've had, or they have name recognition. So I feel like everybody is excited for this next step for the Sunbelt conference. And uh, I think, you know, that's that's certainly how I feel about it. I think that's how a lot of um, other other people in this area probably feel about it as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a with all the conferences that are where people are unhappy right now. Yeah, this feels like the one group of five conference where people are really like delighted at the moment. Like, you know, I, I don't know. So that's great to hear. Um, OK, so is it ASU? Is it Arkansas State? Is it, you know, like... <laughs> What is the reference there? So it's it's Arkansas State or A State. A you know, State, okay. While um, and, and people in this area still call the team ASU, and a lot of people do, but but you know, so so much these days, people want to have one identifiable identifiable brand, and mm-hmm. if you say ASU to a casual college football fan, they're going to think that you're talking about Arizona State. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why A State has gone by. A state. That's yeah. why you also see, you know, people in the the Appalachian State yeah. area. I'm sure their local fans refer app to state. App as ASU, but they're App State. state. Like really, nobody in the Sun Belt wants that ASU moniker because it's already. <laughs> been, you want to have your own identity, so um, it is kind of interesting. You know, over the past, I don't know how long it's been since A State really kind of dove into the A State moniker as opposed to ASU, but. There is still one team on campus that rocks the ASU logo, and it's the baseball team, and they've got the old school interlocking ASU on the hats, and it's pretty cool. But they're they're it. Everybody else is A State. Oh, Base, baseball in general loves the interlocking logos. It's like a <laughs> yeah. You know, of, 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 JMU does it too. Yeah. You know, it's, you, you see it on the old baseball hats and everything. Cool. Is there anything? Do you have any thoughts about JMU in particular? Are we kind of viewed as that App State, like oh FCS, but what? What next? Or does App State's success give us a little more credibility? Like, Well, so I think, 
you know, when you look at the four editions, in, in this area, the one that's most intriguing to people is Southern Miss yeah, because sure. it's a road trip you can drive to. And there's just a little bit more knowledge there about that program. So, so if you're kind of grading the excitement level, you yeah. know, you start with Southern Miss at the top. And then, you know, Marshall, Marshall. is probably next due to what is a, you know, a fairly recognizable name. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when you get to JMU and also Old Dominion as well, I don't think there's as much knowledge about the programs. But, you know, I think people realize, you know, again, you go back to the last round of, of realignment, you know, they saw, people saw Georgia Southern and App State coming into this league and have immediate success. And they were both incredibly strong FCS programs. So I think there is, you know, that knowledge of, hey, don't underestimate these guys coming into the, coming into the cycle <laughs> because there's no telling what could happen. And then also just in terms of, you know, national storylines, I think, you know, a lot of people are familiar with what JMU softball did last year. And uh, in fact, I remember the day that we were on on air and my co-host was like, Oklahoma softball just lost or they're about to lose. And then we were following along and I was like, I don't know who any of these people are, but this is boring. There's a lot of people who followed that storyline and, mm-hmm. and can still, and, and you know, have uh, became fans of Odyssey Alexander and, yeah. and things like that. So so there is a, there is some good recognition there, and I think people are excited um, for James Madison in addition to the other three schools too. Yeah, cool. Well, and the one thing you, you should know, um, JMU and ODU already hate each other. So whether they're at the top or the bottom of the conference, they will quietly hate each other here in the Commonwealth no matter what. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, they, they bring some built-in. And, and obviously we, like a lot of other teams in the Sunbelt East, um, bring some long history with App State. Um and, and some very bitter history on both sides, I think. Um, yeah. Also, the only school that our mascot has ever been escorted out of the stadium by the Virginia State Police is because of a mascot fight with the Chanticleer um, from Coastal. Um, so both both mascots were um, taken out of the stadium. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there's some fun stuff here. I, I think we're going to be annoying from day one, I'm sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Sorry. But from an A State um, perspective, what are like, so I think most of us, some of our fans are somewhat familiar, I would think, with the success putting aside last year or the last 24 months or so, like, right, two years. Yeah. I mean, I think most of our fans are pretty familiar with some of the football success um, over the last, say, two decades. Yeah. Um, you know, but like what else besides football is like the big things at A-State? You know, what are the big programs and the, the, the ones that carry the biggest memories and success with them? Historically, you know, in addition to in addition to football, which has had um, some really huge moments through the years, this is this is a uh, university with a really strong track and field program. And that's both current right now where uh, this team has won. Well, I'm getting getting in trouble here. Either three or four, you know, belt <laughs> sweeps. You know, indoor no. and then cross country and then outdoor and then indoor. Before that, both the men and women have swept those titles. So, mm-hmm. watch out for a state track, JMU. You guys. <laughs> Historically, you know, you had um, you've had some great Olympians come out of Arkansas State. Tom Hill, who is a world class hurdler. Uh, Earl Bell who was at one point in time the world record holder. And then he actually, uh, after he got done with his college career, actually built a, uh, a like a, a pole vault facility, like down the road in a in a farm field oh, wow. uh, that, uh, that world-class pole vaulters come in and train at. So it's still a school that has a, a great track and field program. And I left out a lot of 
um, sure. stellar athletes from that. Um, bowling is fantastic, <laughs> although the history is a lot shorter because that hasn't been an NCAA sport for as long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just wrapped up their 14th straight trip to the NCAA tournament. So that's been a really successful program. Not quite as successful this year, but last year they were the NCAA uh, champion runner-up. Uh, haven't quite won the Natty yet, but it's it's coming in due time. Football has had uh, football has had some some interesting uh, seasons because it's been at different levels, of course, as yeah. college football has changed. Yeah. And so there have been some periods of just extreme, awesome, incredible success. And then there's been some really bad lean years that were not good at all. No. But uh, there were some real pockets of success in the 70s. The, the 70 team was the small college national champion. The 75 team, um, 11-0 and nowhere to go, was kind of the, the moniker of that team because they went 11-0. But it was in the Southland Conference, and it was right after a wave of restructuring. The Southland Conference did not have a bowl tie-in. <sighs> so the Independence Bowl in Shreveport was actually created because of state not having a place to land. Oh, and wow. eventually there became a bowl tie-in there. A-State has never played in that bowl, strangely enough. Created <laughs> <laughs> because of A-State. Uh, there was also some great football success in, in the 80s. Um, under head coach Larry Lacewell, they ran the wishbone and they ran it a lot and they ran it with a lot of success. And then uh, in the early 90s is when Arkansas State went D1 and you had some rough patches as the team transitioned to that. And we didn't really see a lot of football success at A-State again until the 2010s. But since then, it's it's been a pretty fun ride. Can you talk a little about that run in the 2010s? Because one thing that really jumped out at, at us is how you sustained it through multiple coaching changes. The the more you look back at it, it, I mean, it's remarkable because just being able to hire that many coaches that had success in that short order, like how did you not get a lemon, you know, yeah. um, it's cool to think about. So it was, it was part leadership and part luck, but then what was really key through all of it is there were 10 players who signed in 2010 under then head coach, Steve Roberts, okay. Hugh Freeze was their offensive coordinator. So when Steve Roberts was let go, um, they were redshirt freshmen under Hugh Freeze. Then Hugh Freeze was one and done, moved off to Ole Miss. They were redshirt sophomores under uh, Gus Malzahn. Yeah. One and done, he goes to Auburn. They become redshirt juniors under Brian Harson. One and done, goes to Boise. And then yeah. they're finally uh, in their senior year, fifth year seniors under Blake Anderson. So it's remarkable to think about because with the transfer portal now, there's that situation would be impossible. You mm-hmm. would probably not have a players stay through that much turnover, let yeah. alone 10. So those 10 men provided the foundation for that success. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who will say, oh, it was it was Gus that really elevated the program, or it was this AD or that AD that made this incredible hire. But it was it was those 10 guys, and they never get enough credit because if you didn't have that, you know, student leadership on that team, if you didn't have that those guys that were willing to buy in through all the transition, it would have been a raging tire fire, and somehow it was mm-hmm. not. It was one of the most successful periods in Arkansas State athletics history. Yeah, it's crazy to think about it. JMU has been through this. So former, te- now former Texas State head coach Everett Withers yeah. Yeah, came from JMU. Um, Mike Houston is now at East Carolina, and we stole Kurt Signetti from Elon. Like, yeah, it's been a very similar, like, hanging on. And I wonder now with the portal how that would be different the next time we go through that cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of which you guys have a, a, a state has a new chancellor, I believe, and a new AD coming, right? Yes. yes. Or, okay. I was like, did I get that right? Yeah. 
So are they AD less right now or kind of interim at the moment? Yeah. So right now, so um, we'll start with the chancellor. He's yeah. actually going to move to Texas State. So he's uh-huh. going to stay at a, at a Sunbelt program. And that's Dr. Kelly Dampus. And he yeah. did a phenomenal job while he was here a little over name. five years. And yeah. uh, and so he uh, he has decided to move a little bit closer to home. Thank you. Thank you for helping. I'm good. <laughs> you back up. We got a dog sighting. Yes. That is no but, uh, small dog. No. You did not undersell that. He's uh, he's going to be departing for Texas State, and then you know you have a couple weeks after that the news that Tom Bowen has decided to step down for due to health reasons, mm-hmm. and um, that just kind of uh, it, it's just a, a weird timing thing because he was only on the job for thirteen months, so you've got to go back through this process again. And at this point in time, both of those openings are still, you know, kind of new. So there's not really any leads or knowledge about what is happening. But, you know, I did see a report today on the D1 ticker from College AD that Arkansas State has hired uh, the same search firm that it used for the last AD search. So you've probably uh-huh. still got kind of a short list of candidates <laughs> that you might want to go back and revisit just a little bit and, and look at some other things as well. And I would expect that search to remove very quickly, I think the chancellor, um, a new chancellor, will probably not be in place until until maybe the start of the the next well, academic year, which is you know July first. But we'll see, we'll see. Okay. Um, okay, so rivals. Who are A State's biggest rivals? It, both, like I, I don't know, like do they have a big rival in the conference? Because now they're losing Little Rock, right? I mean, a little bit. Um, you know, do they have a big rival in the conference? And then if not, like do they have other big ones that mean a lot uh, to Red Wolves, Indians fans, uh, you know, before outside of the Sun Belt. Sure. So, so basketball, bas- any sport not named football, pretty much Little Rock has been the rival because they've been conference mates so many times along uh, the way. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, in basketball, that's the most played series in, in a state history. And so that's, Actually, even though, you know, the teams will not face each other anymore in conference members, as conference members, there's already been a home and home agreed to in basketball. It's convenient not to. No. So that's going to continue and that will still be a rivalry. Um, in, in other sports, uh, you know, football primarily, um, one of the most played series, I think, excuse me, the most played series history, um, series in A-State football history is against Memphis, which is right across the river. And then... Uh, Memphis, you know, went through a phase where they did not want to play Arkansas State. So I think these teams met maybe once in the 2000s and once again in the 2010s. But then uh, recently, you know, started up a series again in 2020, a four-game home-and-home. And And then there's going to be another one in 2026, four-game home-and-home. So after barely meeting in the past 20 years, these teams are now going to play eight times this decade. So that rivalry is kind of um, starting back up. And then uh, fans who were, you know, a, a little older than myself, fans who were around in the 70s and 80s, they hate Louisiana Tech. Like, <laughs> Join the crowd. Everybody in the Sun Belt hates this team. We've talked to Monroe and Lafayette and Southern Miss, and everyone hates this team. Right? Very hateable. We had a caller one day, really memorable. I can't even remember what we were talking about, but he called up and he was like, you know, I just want you to know that the armpit of Louisiana is passionate about it and so uh, there was you know back when these teams played a lot in in football you know there was some general genuine animosity and I cannot remember what year it was and I'll I'll see if I can find the link for you guys but there's a video of just like a brawl at one of the football games not like the let's shove each other and yell a lot brawl like the let's take off our helmets and just swing it (laughs) knock out every single person we can I mean it was uh 
that's good stuff. I'll see if I'll find that video. <laughs> yeah. well, we, I'm loving this. Like the conference unites in hating yes. Louisiana Tech. Right. Like yes. One, one more quick uh, Louisiana yeah. nugget. Um, yeah. You know, when conference realignment was going on, of course, I look, I lurk on the message boards. It's a guilty pleasure. They're insane and I love them. Oh, yeah. There was, of course, numerous threads devoted to conference realignment. And there was a point, you know, at one point where Marshall was going through, you know, they, they didn't have an AD, they didn't have a president. There was one day where there was there was a rumor that their joining the Sun Belt might not might not happen. Yeah. And one of my favorite posts through all of realignment was somebody that was said, All right, fine. You know, if they if they don't join, first you call Western Kentucky. And then you call Middle Tennessee. And then you call Louisiana Tech and you tell them you're inviting FAU. <laughs> I like it. So that's, those are the feelings here about La Tech. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been universal. Everybody we've talked to has, yeah. has had something to say. I can't wait. I can't wait to, to find out why. They're like the Richmond of the Sun. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Well, Kara, we see, is that is, is that a Zach Randolph jersey you're wearing? Yes. Fitty for well, the we city. will try to let you out of here for the fourth quarter to start. But before you go, can you tell us, um, and JMU fans, like, tell us a little something about Jonesboro. You know, one of the things that JMU fans are most excited about is the chance to visit new areas of the country, new campuses. What's the game day setup like? Um, any good recommendations for local breweries, restaurants, vibe where to tailgate, things like that? Well, we'll start with the brewery aspect and we'll work our way through the others. Uh, one thing to note, Jonesboro is a dry county. And I know that oh. is a foreign concept for oh. a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. That being said, it is not dry, dry. Yeah. Like yeah. you, if you walk down the streets of Jonesboro and you're looking for a liquor store, you're not going to find one. But if you walk into a restaurant, you're going to get a beer because everybody <laughs> serves. So it's dry is, we'll call it damp. Uh, it's, it's, it's probably damp. Um, so that's issue. Uh, in the past year, we finally had a local brewery open and it has been so exciting. They're called Native. They're not super close to campus, but Jonesboro's not huge. So nothing is that far away. No. Uh, it's just an Uber ride down the street and they have great brews and great food. And it's been super yes. awesome. close to my house. So I dig it. But uh, <laughs> but in addition to that, you know, game day, the setup, tailgating can be a little bit spread out. The corporate tailgates are closest to the stadium. Uh, but you can always go and, and find a couple places to get some snacks and there's music playing and things like that. But uh, things that are close to campus um, on game day, there's an awesome restaurant called J-Town's Grill. Uh, super big A-State supporters, great burgers, best fries in town. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've got a train whistle that they blow every time A-State scores a touchdown. So you totally still get that game day vibe. Um, there's a new restaurant also opened, you know, right down the road from there called The Social I have not had an opportunity to check it out yet, but they've got a couple bowling lanes in there. It's got a really cool vibe from all the pictures that I've seen. And uh, and also <laughs> a place that I see a lot of people because of the fact that I do my post-game show from there is they recently, uh, within the past three years, built a hotel right across from the, the football stadium. So it's a great place for everybody to stay when you're coming in from out of town. And then they do some really incredible um, game day specials for the hotel guests. So you usually run nice. into quite a couple of people um, at, at the hotel from there. But, you know, um, there are some some great places to, to go and check out uh, as far as food and drinks, a lot of good locally owned places. Um, as far as getting out and about, you know, Jonesboro's in the Delta, so there's not 
a lot of like scenic hills and things like that. You're kind of looking at, at some rice fields and stuff like that. Um, there is a local park to go out and, and get your exercise and ride the bike and all of that stuff. And then there's also like a, uh, a, a championship disc golf course. But uh, in terms of outside stuff, you know, there's not, there's just not a, a ton to do unless you want to drive about an hour and go to the, to the um, river and, and do some other outdoor water recreation. Yeah. And you're about an hour from Memphis, right? If people mm-hmm. were talking about flights. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty quick. Like that's closer than JMU is to Dulles for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're closer than we are to the city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is great. I, I love hearing this. I know, Rob, I realized that Levon Helm talks in the last waltz about this. Like, I don't know where he's from exactly, Kara. You may know that better than I do. But he talks about being from like Northeast Arkansas and how like people don't realize it's really Memphis and like oh, all from- these people, all these people that are from there, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, really cool. He's from, uh, he's from Elaine, which is uh, probably about an hour and a half from here. And then, uh, I mean, the weight has a couple different references from, you know, yeah. To char- different different crazy characters from Arkansas, like Crazy Chester was from Fayetteville, and um, oh gosh, Annie, I forgot where, oh, yeah. where she was. There's there's some that were oh that's that funny are are pretty close. I was kind of wondering. So yesterday, yeah. you know, you guys did say you were talking about Arkansas musicians while I was waiting to remember how to use technology, and I was kind of curious who who you guys were talking about. But it sounds like Levon yeah. and. Well, we were trying, I was trying to go through it. So we always, at the end of our podcast, we do like a outro song. We usually put like a little sample of a song, like the last 30 seconds as we're fading out. And, um, and we've been trying to like, I've been curious, right? When we did Southern Miss, it was like, okay, well, this is our one chance to do a Jimmy Buffett song, um, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like, and so I was like, I don't really know. And then I realized that like Lee Von Helm, I think Sister Rosetta Tharp is an Arkansas person. Johnny Cash is from Arkansas, right? I think, right? Uh, originally born, right? So, um, in fact, uh, Arkansas State over the past few years bought his boyhood home, which is in a town called Dice, and now oh, puts on cool. the Johnny Dice Music Festival, or excuse me, the Johnny Cash Music Festival um, every year. And they've turned that into like an A-State heritage site. So there's a partnership there with his family from Arkansas State, which is really cool. Um, wow, Al Green awesome. is from Forest City, is where he was born. Yep. Uh, that is about an hour 15 due south of Jonesboro. Nice. And then if you really want, you know, the a good outro, just cue up a Squidward clip because the voice of Squidward, <laughs> Roger Bumpus, is an Arkansas State alum. Nice. That's good to know. All right. Yes, that, there you go. You're speaking our language there. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know. This is great. Well, thank you. And and Kara, I mean, if you get to make the trip to the Shenandoah Valley, um, you know, we will have the tailgate ready. I, sure. I think JMU fans are going to be, I, I, I say we're, we, we've, you know, we've been the big fish for the last decade in FCS. Well, I mean, non-North Dakota State category, yeah. but like we've been, you know, the teams we've played against have not had anywhere close to the followings that the Sunbelt teams do. Um, and now we're going to be on the other end of the spectrum, uh, but really fun group and everyone is welcome in, I, I, you know, we're very proud, beautiful part of our, our state, <laughs> like uh, where JMU is. I, I don't know if you saw it last week, JMU had snow during spring practice. Um, oh, and I said, uh, yeah, we've been talking about like with Marshall and JMU joining, like app is no longer alone in the 
potential for like awful November games. <laughs> like, yes. Like, um, but yeah, so this will be quite an experience for some of these Southern schools, but uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. So this is really nice. Thank you so much. And, um, You're welcome. I really appreciate the invite. Um, yeah. If there's any other information you guys need, I mean, you've got my email, you've got, um, you can shoot me a, a DM or whatever, and I'll, I'll be happy to help yeah. anyone. Yeah. And 95, the ticket.com. Um, right. Is that where people can find the stuff? Um, yeah. If you want to, yeah. as well, I am, uh, I'm very active on Twitter because I waste way too much time there. So that's yeah, Kara's a good follow on Twitter. If you're looking for uh, Arkansas state information, um, slash Memphis Grizzlies slash St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. I love it. Um, but thank you so much. And, um, I don't know, hopefully this, uh, hopefully they'll be able to, what do they do? They grind here in the fourth quarter. Is this the old, I don't know. And they need to pick it up here. So, yeah. <sighs> no, I don't mean to make you nervous. I'm just like, I think it's safe to say we're both rooting for Memphis as well, just because we like job. So, yeah. I just so. don't understand what this team's problem is right now. And I just, I complained about it today on my show. I'm going to complain about it tomorrow on my show. So I just, I need them, I need them to get it together. I mean, maybe we'll be repeat you know, the other they night, but they just go on a run. Yes, let's do that again. 40 to 16. That 20 point deficit, you know, in, in game three. So surely they can battle back from, from 11 tonight. We'll, there we we'll go. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Kara. And uh, we'll be looking forward to I don't think we don't have, do we, do we have Arkansas State this year, Rob? We do. Yeah. We're going to Jonesboro this year. Yeah. So this is a timely one for us. I'm, I'm, all right. Well, we're very much excited for. Uh, these trips, uh, for, I, I just can't tell you how excited we, it is, and I think our entire fan base, we've seen it in ticket sales and everything else. Yeah. We had our biggest crowd ever at the spring game this past weekend. Awesome. Um, you know, like just people are, I, I can't, it's no, there are no words to describe how happy our fan base is and how long this has taken for us. And, and just people, I, I don't know, the App State trip is like a way bigger deal all of a sudden than the Louisville trip this year. And that is like blowing our minds. So everyone's really excited. So looking forward to it. It's good and it can be fun. And I think right now that there's just a good buzz overall around around the league. You know, the Sunbelt did not get a lot or really any um, national respect uh, probably about 10 years ago. And then I think about five years ago, you started to notice that this league had started to get better a little bit behind the scenes from a football perspective. And then finally, you know, I don't think there's a league that took as much advantage of the pandemic as the Sunbelt did. And that's such a weird yeah. way, way, way to phrase it because it was such an awful time. But but there were so many games that were changed and so many games that um, weren't televised. And the Sunbelt kind of stepped up in all of those opportunities. And all of a sudden you had multiple teams that played multiple games on national broadcast. And I think people finally realized for the first time, hey, this is there's some pretty good football here. And since football elevates everything else. Yes. Then people are like, okay, okay, Sunbelt's good. Let's watch some Sunbelt. And with with the division construct, you've got good regional teams and regional rivalries that either exist already or in the making, which is something that, you know, the AAC and Conference USA lack in spades. So it's in a good spot. I think there's a lot of good momentum and we are thrilled as fans to be joining it. We think it's a great league and we think it's poised to get even better. Yeah. Well, welcome James Madison. Thank you. Guys, I uh, I think the game is here in October. So again, if anybody has any questions, where to eat, where to stay, what to do, anything like that, uh, just don't hesitate to, to shout at me on social media at Kara underscore Richie, and I'll do my best to answer questions, tell you where to go, tell you what to stay away from and, and all of that. And uh, I think it'll be a good time. Thank you so right. much, Kara. That's Thank wonderful. you so much, yeah. Kara. All I right. Talk to you soon. All right. we'll see you.
Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, big thanks to Kara for that really fun interview. It was great to uh, get a little perspective from outside of JMU land this week, Rob. Um, and I, I don't know why we haven't spent more time asking previous Sunbelt guests for the kind of things to do and restaurant and bar tips. I thought that was really cool. It was really cool. got me excited to hear, you know, talking about trips to Jonesboro and things like that. And yeah. I also, just a little kudos to you. Um, I think it was in relation to me saying ASU, but you asked, what should we be calling uh, AC? <laughs> and I, I thought know. that was kind of cool just to yeah. hear about how they refer to themselves and how they distinguish themselves. And she's right. You know, a state would typically be Arizona state in most yeah. cases, but I enjoyed that. And thank you very much to Kara for, for yeah. coming on and joining us. Very much so. Um, yeah, it was great. And we look forward to more of these Sunbelt conversations through the summer. Um, we wanted to come back on here at the end of the show. Uh, just to give everybody a little peek behind the curtain. Um, well, first of all, we needed to say something um, about the events at JMU this week. And just so everyone knows, we recorded our intro on Monday night before um, anything, before we knew of anything. Um, we were scheduled to record with Kara last night on Tuesday. Uh, so you, you heard us talk, mentioning the Grizzlies game, um, but we didn't think you know, talking about Lauren Burnett's death was, you know, it, it, we didn't need to go into that on the Arkansas State interview. Um, but we didn't want to leave this unsaid or unspoken this week. Uh, I think it's fair to say that Rob and I, neither one of us, right, we, we don't feel equipped to address this situation in the moment right now. Um, and we're just heartbroken for like everybody else, I think in the JMU and the softball community, we are, you know, we don't have anything. There's nothing to say. We're just no, heartbroken for the players, um, for her friends, her family, the coaching staff, everyone at JMU, the administrators, um, you know, her fellow players around the country. We've seen things today from players that played with her in high school, players that played with other JMU players at other colleges before this. Um, you know, that part of it is special, but we we would like to make this a beginning and not make this a one-time discussion, but we're not at a place where we feel comfortable doing that yet, I think it's fair to say, and we just... I don't know. We're just like everybody else. We're really shaken up by this and, and really sad. And I don't know that there are many other emotions. Rob, you made a good point to me kind of offline yesterday. So many of us, it's so hard. We go through these like crazy emotional swings and then we all have this instinct to want to do something or want to help. And unfortunately, sometimes that breaks down into people disagreeing with things or wanting to place blame, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know where to go with that. Yeah. Well, it's tough. And, and given, you know, unfortunately the news kind of confirmed today what a lot of us had assumed yesterday that, that Lauren was, you know, a, a victim to this mental health epidemic. And that is incredibly tragic. Um, we thought that was the case last night. We didn't feel it was appropriate to speculate or go into it. Um, we don't have any answers. This is a serious thing. This is something you and I have both talked about a lot. And it's something we are big advocates for people coming out into the open and, and treating without the stigma. And, um, but we don't know. We're just a couple of 
of guys that, you know, have our own issues and family and everything else. That it is absolutely tragic. Um, we're just sad. And, and we've been unusually quiet on Twitter because we didn't feel like we had anything to say. And we feel like the people close to this have their right to do things. And everybody grieves in their own way. And we don't need to, I don't know, interject. Like We're viewing this from fans. We're viewing this from the perspective of, of you know, middle-aged men who've dealt with struggles and dealt with people and had friends who've, you know, who've fallen victim to this. Like, this has touched everybody. Um, I don't know. Like, we, we've had some people reach out to us and say, can you get involved in, in trying to find some way to, to address this? And we absolutely would love to do that. We just don't feel like it's something we need to rush. Um, we feel like it's something that we would like to be part of a larger conversation. But right now, you and I are in our position, we really just need to sit back and listen and let the people who truly, truly are touched by this um, grieve and heal in their own way. It's an incredibly sad thing. Um, I don't know. Like Everybody always says in these situations, they seem to say, if you're feeling bad, please reach out, please reach out. I, that's certainly valid. And you and I have said that a million times. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I think all I can do right now is rather than just remind people who are hurting to reach out, maybe I need to do a better job of, of being proactive and just touching base with my friends. And, you know, the, the proverbial bro check that kind of yeah. became semi-popular during COVID. People are like, you, you don't want to say there's silver lining to the pandemic, but that was kind of nice that occasionally yeah. you'd get a text from guys you didn't be like, hey, how's everybody doing, man? Are we, are we doing all right mentally? I think that's all I'm going to do right now is just try to let, let the people who are hurt by this, the teammates, the loved ones, the family members, the classmates, friends. Mm -hmm. I, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm a man of faith. I'll pray for these people. But otherwise, I'm just going to try to do a better job of reaching out, checking out my friends, rather than just reminding everybody that they should speak out when they're hurting. So I don't know. We're all going to do our own thing. But Todd, you and I have talked, we've been talking about this for years, how we would like to get some sort of guest on the podcast to help us have a more informed conversation and maybe learn something and help other people learn something. Um, mm -hmm. I would very much like to do that. Yep. You and I talked yesterday. We're not in a position we want to rush and it like, we'll get there. We'd like to be part of it. But mainly we're just, we're sad like everybody else. And I don't know. Um, you hope that every time you face a crisis in this or any other fashion, that it is the thing that gets people spurred for change. I, I will continue to operate from that perspective. I'm going to be sad like everybody else. As a parent, this is one of the scariest things. It's heartbreaking. Um, but right now, I'm, I'm just going to try to kind of keep my mouth shut, listen, let people feel their feelings. Yep. And hopefully when the time is right, you and I and all the other members of the JMU community and the softball community and the sports fan community, and as we've seen other we can all hopefully be part of a, of a positive change and help to take some steps against this. So. Yeah. I think the listening is the most important thing. We do a lot of talking on here. Mm -hmm. I, I do a lot of talking in my daily life, um, yeah. you know, and yeah, I think that's really important, Rob, I, I think for us. And, and I just, I would encourage everyone who in our little community that we've built, um, to listen to, you know, to, to try to listen themselves and not to, it's just so hard because I don't mean to in any way scold people or tell people what to do. It's not my place in this for sure. Um, but I don't, this is a bigger thing than softball. It's a bigger thing than JMU. 
Yeah. I mean, for those of us that have been paying attention, this is the third similar death in the last month in mm -hmm. Division One women's athletics alone. Yeah. And I'm sure that doesn't account for college athletics across the board. It certainly doesn't account for athletics, um, much less just like college students, college every, students every in general. Life. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we've both talked a lot the last day or so about, I, I've tried to read a lot, think about it a lot. Um, I think there are some people that we can talk to and, and have some conversations with that have better ideas mm -hmm. um, and that start to have this conversation. I, you know, I, I think, I do think there are pressures on student athletes that are, uh, um, that are different, if nothing else, from yeah. pressures on other people. Um, and there are certainly, in, in many times, less spaces for them to release some of those pressures. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I found myself reflecting, Rob, on our own experiences at JMU and recognizing that, like, there were probably two or three occasions at college where I was able to, like, go home for the weekend, see my folks. Yeah right? Or go visit my brother or something um, where I recognize that like student athletes because of their schedules don't have those opportunities, yeah. um, you know? And uh, so I think there are some productive conversations ahead, but I just would encourage everyone not to, I don't know that this, you know, that these situations can be, I mean, JMU has been through this. This is not the first situation this year no. at JMs Madison. Um, but that's also not, I don't think, and I'm not here to shill for anyone or say there aren't ways things can be done better, but I don't know that you can immediately react to, you know, placing blame um, in place, you know, anywhere, uh, at least until we you, take the time to can, listen. You can't, but I also have decided and I, I, I can be kind of reactionary. Sometimes I can jump into those things. I get, I'm going to sit it out. If people... Mm -hmm. The different grieving yeah. stages, like some people are going to be angry, some people are sad, some people are going to try to say this is what went wrong or this is what the problem is. I'm just trying to let people feel their feelings and, and go through it. Um, there's a time for determining what the best method is for addressing this and who is best equipped to do it, whether it be the schools or communities or yeah. whatever, you know, churches or teammates. That's great. We can have that. But um you're going to hear a lot of people saying a lot of things and it's all valid. It's all just coming from the heart. It's all coming from a place right. of, of hurt. Uh, I'm personally going to just let people who yeah. say what they got to say, get up your chest, get through this. Um, I don't think anything's going to be solved in the next day or two, but I am, I, I am optimistic that we can start to wake up and view this as a, the real epidemic that it is and start to work for positive change. Um, you got it. You, you can't be a defeatist. I, I, I can't, at least. I, I got to believe that this is horrible and it's sad, but it's also an opportunity to take another step forward mm -hmm. and and really address this like the health crisis it is. Yeah. And maybe it's an opportunity for all of us as fans, you know, just to bring it back to our little JMU community, um, you know, just to just to keep in mind as we yeah, as we exactly. podcast or we write about or we go on a message board or we talk in the parking lots this fall, um, you know, just to keep in mind that these are, these are real people, young in those people real people in those uniforms with real um, problems that may or may not have to do with the things on or off the field or the court. 
Um, yeah. And, and for us as fans, just to say thank you. Um, yeah. Thank you for the enjoyment and the connections that, you know, I, I hope that to the extent there are any, you know, current or former student athletes pay attention to this little corner of the internet. Um, you know, we're just two middle-aged dorks who have stayed, you know, like really close friends. Yeah. And, and one of the things that's helped us stay really close friends is JMU sports. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's fair to say that for the two of us, um, you know, some of our, some of the relationships we treasure the most have been fostered and, and built upon by our connections to JMU and to JMU athletics. And, yeah. you know, it just, we're really appreciative of that and we're thankful for that. And it's because of you, you know, it's because of those kids um, that gives us that opportunity. And, you know, <laughs> as we get ready to yell about, yeah. yell about some new Sunbelt rivals and everything else this fall and, you know, stupid things. Um, hopefully we can all try to keep this in our hearts first and foremost. Um, yeah. So it's real Glenn, people in those fields, real people in those fields. So very much. Um, yeah. Very sad, but um, rest in peace. Our, our thoughts are clearly with our teammates and friends and family. And um, yeah, the coaches and players on the team right now, I can't, her friends, her family, I can't imagine, you know, I, I really can't. And, and I just, yeah, um, a lot of love headed your way. And, uh, you know, hope, hopefully this will be a reminder of, yeah, I don't know, um, just to check in on each other and, and value what we have. Um, so anyways, um, love you, Rob. Love our yeah, love you too, man. That, yeah. So listen to all this and, uh, you know, say hi to Jess. Uh, you know, yeah. Megan, Megan and Katie, if you talk to them, um, yeah. you know, I, I just, uh, yeah. It, That's what it's all about. Pick up the phone, yeah. call, call somebody you haven't talked to in a little bit, see how they're doing, um, share some laughs and think about the good times. And I don't know, life yeah. is precious. Keep, keep in touch and take the extra effort to, to engage with somebody you haven't seen in a while. It, it always does the hard good. Always does the hard good. Yep. And when you go back to campus this summer or fall, you know, say thanks to the people mm -hmm. that work hard to put this on, that work hard mm -hmm. to, you know, play on the field, behind the scenes, you know, the, all the people are trying to help the students and student athletes. You know, yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, we're, we're friends with, you know, we, we are friends with a couple people who work in administration at JMU and, and particularly in student facing roles and, and, my heart bleeds for them as well because um, yeah. I know how much this stuff means to them. So I just uh, love you guys. And Rob, I guess that's, I don't know. I don't have anything else. huh? All right. Well, love each other, guys. Be, be kind. Have a good one. And everybody will get through this. And brighter days ahead. Yep. Go Dukes.
Yeah.